All right, this is the One to Go Hand podcast. Um, just got back from my workout and my walk back. Um, you know, we're nearing the end of May. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about, isn't it? That like it's almost June now. You know, summer's here, and um, it's been quite a roller coaster, to say the least. The discovery of new things. Um, a sense of wanting to accomplish things, a sense of not comparing myself to others or individuals comparing themselves to others, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all unique and special individuals um, in thought and in uh, ways that we conduct ourselves, right? So I was talking to uh, one of my mom's neighbors in the uh, in our in our neighborhood, and we had a very very deep and in depth conversation about just society in general. And to me, he's a he's a very successful man. Um, if you guys don't know him, uh, his name is well, yeah, I don't know. It depends on where you're from. If you're from Kansas City or not, but anyways, uh, it's uh, Dr. Nelson Canning. Of uh, he's got his own. Uh, he's a dentist. Uh, lives next door to my parents. Super super cool guy. Awesome family. Uh, Honestly, like we have these, it started like it's funny because like our conversations start off as like something surface level, you know, and very like just kind of jokes and stuff like that. But then we get into some like really serious stuff, you know, um, in depth stuff about like societal, um, like like modus operandi and like ex- expectations that are put upon everybody else and just how times are different, you know. So we had this talk yesterday and like. He's somebody I could see myself just having a glass of scotch with, like, super cool. Assuming he does drink, I'm not sure if he does. I'm not assuming if he does or doesn't. Hopefully this doesn't get out and people like, oh, you know, people like to overassume stuff. But I'm sure he's a bourbon scotch guy. As you know, as I've gotten older, I've kind of grown to appreciate a good uh, liquor of choice to kind of unwind with. But I don't really drink that often. So that's, that's besides the point. But we had this conversation about society and things like that. And, you know, he has perspective. I have perspective. And we were talking about the idea of like expectations of like now it's like you need to be at a certain age to be here, here and here. You know what I mean? And um, I, we were talking about like I think I was comparing my car to my brother's car. Like I was comparing just like times were different and stuff like that. And how like this, this the need to succeed in today is like it's pressure and it's based off of comparison um, and how. um you know, we, we look on social media and we can see like we look at, at fellas that we look at the, we look at a guy and it's like, oh, OK, look at this guy in this one picture here. Like he's in the Bahamas. He's living his best life. Like, you know, and here I am. I'm working at a cubicle desk job or, you know, with ladies. Oh, look at this girl's ass. I wish I had that. And she's beautiful and I'm not beautiful and stuff like that. So I told him about all that. And I was like, you know, that's just kind of the times that we're in now where everything is like based off of comparisons. Everyone wants to be like somebody else. Um, and in my opinion, I think a lot of people are afraid to be themselves. Not everybody. So like if you hopefully if you take offense to this and you're probably afraid to be yourself. But in general, like we all want to be like something because and then we'll, we'll degrade ourselves in, in a sense and say, oh, well, I wish my life was like that when our life may be fine. You know, it's just that we're not maybe meant to have those glories of riches and, you know. Uh, glorious cakes <laughs> that are nice to look at, by the way. But he said to me, he said, like, you know, there's a quote that I, I heard my wife say. This is what uh, Nelson said. And he said, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. So I looked up that quote and um, and, and Amy, Amy, his wife, Amy, um, that's a quote from, and I'm not saying she stole the quote, but she said it to him. Well, I looked it up and I was like, oh, OK, let's check out the meaning of that. And uh, Theodore Roosevelt said it and he may have stolen it from somebody. You know, who knows? It, it's a quote that's been passed down from, I mean, centuries, you know, or for, for a while, if you will. And I thought that that was very relevant to today. You know, uh, majority of my life, I've always compared myself to my peers and I've managed to put down my accomplishments and things that I consider goals and high achievements And that's easy to do today because, you know, with the rise of social media comes the rise of influencers. With the rise of influencers comes 
New information, with the rise of new information comes the elimination of old information. And with the elimination of old information comes information overload because it's adding on to more information that you've already taken in. <sighs> now I see how Buster Rhymes felt on that Look At Me Now verse. So um, <laughs> with that being said, um, comparison is the thief of joy because you could be very happy with what you're doing in life. And we could all and we all want to strive and wish we could do more because the next person may have more than what we have. And then the next person to that next person may have more than what they have. So the next person wants what that next next person has and so on. You know, there's always there's never too you know, you can never be too satisfied. Um, me personally, I just want to reach a level of my life where I'm content and I'm happy with my own accomplishments. And, um, you know, I can, uh, uh, be able to, to be the person that I want to be versus who society tells me to be, which is, I, I guess, a, a high value man. Like, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think that that's a philosophy and may he rest in peace. Mr. Kevin, Kevin Samuels, I still can't believe he's gone. Um, which I think that's been a tainted that's been such an objectifying like characteristic to be a high value man. Um, you shouldn't want to earn me personally. Like, I want to earn six figures for the sake of like my family. Like I want to be able to provide my family with everything. It's not really necessarily to um, to like get women. You know, I, I've managed to get women without six figures, you know, so why, why just add on more to that? I, I have my reasons for why I want to make the money that I want to make. Um, but yeah, the, the high value man thing has been so like like a tainted message and it's been hijacked by individuals who objectify themselves, objectify women and, you know, make everything carnal in today's society, in my opinion. So one of the things that I'm going to work on for the rest of this month and also just moving forward is not looking at what the next person has and then looking at what I have and just degrading myself because it's so, so easy to do, you know. I'm not going to know. I'm no longer going to say the the old catchphrase. You know, I'm trying to get like you because I'm not. I'm not trying to get like you. I'm not trying to get like her. I'm not trying to get like them. I'm not trying to get like anybody else. I want to get like me because I'm the one that has to live my life. Okay, I don't care about the abundance of riches that someone else has. I don't care about the abundance of women they may have cars, whatever. Now, of course, I could say, hey, man, you know what? Rather than saying, I'm trying to get like you, I could just simply say, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get mine someday. I'm going to get mine. That, you know, that uh, Dodge Challenger, I'm going to get mine someday. You know what I'm saying? The uh, woman in your life right now that you're blessed with, I'm going to get mine someday. I don't want what you got. I want, I want my own. And you should want your own. That should be something that we should all strive for is to have our own. I'm not afraid to be an individual. And I think that that's something that's like lacking in today's society is individuality because we all want to be like the next person. We all get the same, like we're influenced by somebody, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, um, but I, I want to get my own for the sake of my own. So, you know, comparison, it truly is the thief of joy if you allow it to be. So don't let it be. You know, don't uh, don't 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 allow that to 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 compromise what you have going on, because it's like like when that happens, you stop doing what you were supposed to do to get to your goals. Like we forget our own goals, like your goals then become their goals and you don't want your goals to be their goals or everybody else's goals. Because, I mean, you you know, be different. I'm not telling you to be different, but like I'm in terms of myself, like, I just want to be different. You know, I, I don't I don't want <laughs> I, I, I don't want this podcast, man, to be the best podcast in Kansas City. I want this to be the best podcast on the planet Earth. Now, there, of course, there are many uh, podcasts out there that are, you know, that are more established for sure. But I mean, you know, we're talking about a guy that's just talking in front of a microphone right now. I don't have the equipment and stuff like that yet, but still. I look at guys like Joe Rogan. My, and he, like, truly, my inspirations for podcasting really came, really came from... It's a mixture of things. So it's kind of a mixture of like Joe Rogan meets like first take meets like like Joe Button. You know, like that's kind of those are my influences to like wanted wanted to do podcasting. That doesn't mean I want to copy and do exactly what they do. But that's like my style. It's like a blend. It's a it's a blend of all that. And I hope that someday if I am if 
when I get my own radio show, like that, that, that is the true joy in my life that I really, really want. I mean, obviously I'm striving for a better career path, but if I, when I get my own radio show, when I, you know, have a co-host, when I'm able to make like, you know, get some kind of, you know, endorsement deals and things like that. That's the true joy that I want in my life. I don't have to make the most money being a, D, a a radio guy, a radio personality. No, I don't have to do that at all. But I think I can make a difference in how people listen. And, and to be honest, I think the radio industry may or may not be dying down. People are having their own radio shows. That's why or they're having their own podcast. This is my radio show, you know, but I think I could reach a certain audience of people that would be like, oh, I like his stuff. I like his sports takes. I like his takes on life. I like his philosophies on, you know, how he dates or how, you know, things that he's been through. I like his stories. These are, those are things that I can kill, man. And I think I'm better than like half the people in the radio industry. It's just that I haven't been discovered. But I don't compare myself to them because my time is going to come. All it takes is the right person to listen. And for right now, I enjoy what I do now. I enjoy the present. I enjoy everything because tomorrow is never promised you know, nowadays relationships are never promised. Family being here is never promised. You could lose someone, you know, just, um, but enjoy the now. Enjoy the now because tomorrow's never promised. So if you live your life comparing yourself to other people and what you have and what you, or, or what you don't have and what they have, I mean, I, I feel sorry for you. And sometimes I fall into that trap, but I have to snap myself out of it because I live a good, good, Good fucking life. Excuse my language. Sorry, I keep dropping my these nails clipper, nail clippers. I live a good fucking life, man. A great life. I love my life. I love the people in my life. I'm where I'm supposed to be at in my life for a reason. And I, I'm totally fine with that. I'm good. So um, this wasn't a long podcast. Uh, I'm going to be releasing some more stuff uh, probably after this episode. As a matter of fact, I got some... Things I want to touch on in terms of my Warriors going to the Western Conference. Well, they're in the Western Conference Finals, but they're smacking <laughs> smacking up uh, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. So this will probably just be the intro episode to the other sports episodes that I'm going to do after this. Because, guys, who doesn't love sports during summertime, right? You know, um, if you guys have any other questions or if you guys want to email me um, any mailback questions, I am going to get back to reading those as well. Please, please, please feel free to email me at willingtogohampodcast at gmail.com. Again, it is willingtogohampodcast at gmail.com. Or you could also uh, send me a voice message on the Anchor app. So it's anchor.fm. You can download it on your Android. You can download it on your uh, iPhone. You can download it on your tablets, I believe, if you have those. Um, You can send me a voice message through there, possibly. Or, um, you know, just, you know, reach out, send me a text message, anything you guys want me to talk about, I'll do it. But yes, let's live our lives the way we're supposed to live our lives, not how people tell us to or tell us what we should do. Love, peace, and turkey grease. Much love. This is the Want to Go In podcast. So this Mavs series against the Warriors isn't really going exactly how I thought it would go. I had the Warriors win in the series uh, in six, but it looks like they're probably going to close this out in four or five. I don't see Dallas really coming back from this, no matter how great Luka Doncic plays. He's averaging almost 40 points a game against these guys, but it's almost like it doesn't matter. Um, The Warriors are playing really good team basketball for the most part. Uh, They're doing a good job of uh, maintaining their chemistry, and they're playing suffocating defense. I mean, they're doing wonderful things against Luka. And I think it's safe to say that they should be the favorites to win the NBA championship this year. I don't see anybody else that can really beat them. Although my prediction was going to be Warriors-Celtics. Um, and, and it looks like right now, I believe the series is tied between the Miami and Boston 2-2. Uh, it'll be a good matchup regardless. But the matchup I want to see is uh, Celtics against the Warriors. I think that'll be a lot of fun. It'll be electric. And um, I think that although Jimmy Butler, for as tough as he is, uh, I don't think that they had the firepower to really outshoot Golden State. So um, Stephen A. Smith and Molly Kiram. And J.J. Redick are on first take, so they're going to give their take on how this series has been going so far. Stephen A., thus far, has this series revealed more to you about Golden State or the Mavs? Well, to me, it's revealed more about the Golden State Warriors. I think that they were a team that was left high and dry 
by the rest of the league. And they were I was told that they were washed. I was told that they would never return to prominence. I was told that the end, the dynasty was ending and blah, 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 blah. But what but what happened was the opposite. They were able to maintain the core that they have. They were also able to add in the correct free agents like trading for an Andrew Wiggins. Um, And I think that that has panned out for them twofold. He's a great defender. He's quick to get to the basket, and he's actually making better decisions. Then you add in more savvy veterans like an Otto Porter. You know, they're, they're able to um, utilize a guy like a Jonathan Kaminga who who can jump out the gym like crazy. Uh, Gary Payton II, he's panned out um, exactly how I thought he was going to pan out, but he's actually far exceeded my expectations. And then Kevon Looney, I mean, they got him into the fold now. And he's playing comfortable from within his position in the role of Golden State. So it's more revealing to them. I think Dallas is going to be a team that's going to be a force to be reckoned with within the next few years. But it's unfortunate because Mark Cuban refuses to bring in more talent for Luka. He wants Luka to be the face of the league. And I think he's going to be the face of the league someday. But for right now, he can't do this on his own. You can tell how frustrated he's getting right now that they're getting their asses kicked. It's revealed more to me about the Dallas Mavs than it has about the Golden State Warriors. We kind of know who they are. I mean, they've proven that. We've seen the elevation of a Jordan Poole. Andrew Wiggins deserves a lot of credit, which I'm sure you'll get into. I'll leave that to you, J.J. Redick. But I got to tell you, you walk away thinking about the Dallas Mavs. Now, I would remind everybody that last night, Luka Doncic dropped 40. Mm -hmm. I would remind y'all that in this series, he's averaging about 40 on 50% shooting. Well, see, that's the thing. I think <laughs> I think that's what the Warriors are anticipating. You know, they actually want Luka to have these high these high percentage games. They want him to have these high scoring games because they know that the rest of this cast for the Mavs aren't going to do anything else. And that and we and we saw that we've seen that <laughs> we've seen the rest of everybody else. They can't seem to step up. Luka Doncic, they don't care, in my opinion. They don't care if Luka gets 60 because all they have to do is outscore him. As a collective, Luke is going to run out of energy. You take him out that lineup, man, everything looks so it looks so off, if you will. It looks very off. So that's what they want. That's what they anticipate. So they, you know, the media is going to sit there and make it seem as though Luke is like Davy Crockett in the Alamo, which he kind of sort of is at this point. But no one else is helping him. So it doesn't matter if he's scoring 40 and averaging 40. They're still losing. He can average 40 in this game tonight. And they're still in the end. And if they lose. They lose. That's it. Or they can live to see another game. Reggie Bullock, God bless him, won the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Award. Yes, they well deserve Huge it. You know, if you know about his background with his family, what happened to his sister and what have you, major, major props to him. But he shot 0 for 10 last night. Yeah, Reggie Bullock, man. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to my homeboy, uh, Jordan, about this the other day, or yesterday, as a matter of fact, but... When I watched that game yesterday and watched Reggie Bullock put up the numbers that he put up, I thought to myself, yo, this dude is putting up Joe Biden numbers. Because <laughs> he didn't do a fucking thing yesterday. <laughs> that, my man was, my man put up a career low in Biden numbers because Joe Biden ain't really done shit for this country, especially for black people. So the fact that he put that up, I'd be, I'd be disappointed. He's one of the main reasons why they lost that game as well. Luca also plays a, plays a huge role, but but Reggie Bullock he certainly didn't help. I'm telling you, he needs to call himself Reggie Biden because that man he ain't do diddly shit. Okay, and then you look at a guy like Max Kleber. He shot 0 for five, ladies and gentlemen. That- Not only did Max Kleber shoot 0 for five, but they attacked him the entire game. See how Golden State was beating them for the most part. They use a lot of ball movement, and I noticed that none of these guards or none of these like forwards or any, any players on the Mavericks, they're not quick enough to catch up to Golden State. They were killing them in the paint all game long. Even though Dallas had a 19, they, they, they were able to erase a 19-point deficit and come back because they weren't shooting well, and Golden State's athleticism was just too much. That's 0 for 15. Zero points on 0 for 15 shooting. What the hell is Luka Doncic supposed to do when your supporting cast shows up and virtually gives you nothing? And we're not talking about Jalen Brunson because he shows up and he gives you what he's got. Mad respect to him. Spencer Dinwiddie has shown up over the last couple of games, and he's giving you something as well. Spencer Dinwiddie was put in a blender most of the game, so uh, whatever he's got, 
I mean, I guess you could put that in a smoothie. But yeah, like I said, the Warriors do not. I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure their game plan. They know that Luke is going to put numbers up. They know that. And to be honest, when I watch this game, it, it almost kind of reminds me of the uh, the Warriors, um, the Warriors Cavs series in 2017 when they had KD. You know, they had Kyrie. The the whole point of beating K, uh, not Kyrie. The whole point of beating Kyrie and LeBron is that they didn't care that they were shooting, you know, as long as they can keep them under 50% shooting, because they were averaging almost like 60% shooting against those Eastern Conference teams. So they understood that they could put up those high numbers, but they knew that the rest of the cast wasn't going to be able to keep up. And the difference is, is Luka doesn't have really have a, a, a tag team partner to go into this with. He's doing it on his own. That first game against the, uh, the, the Warriors where LeBron had like, I think he had like 50 points. And they still lost. Like Luca's gonna, Luca's feeling that frustration right now. So now the narrative is that he doesn't have any help. But I mean, they got to the Western Conference Finals, and apparently the Suns were supposed to be the better team than the Warriors, and they're struggling. So I mean, that that says a lot. But you can't have two guys, two guys that are getting a chunk of minutes. In Reggie Bullock's case, he played 39 minutes and 58 seconds last night. That's 40 minutes. You got Cleaver that that played 24 minutes. And 41 seconds, 0 for 15 shooting. Mm-hmm. That's really what, to me, has been exposed about the Dallas Mavericks. When their supporting cast shows up, usually in Dallas, them brothers will run you out of the building. They can beat anybody, as they showed the Phoenix Suns on the road in Game 7 when they were up by as many as 46. But when they don't show up, it's very, very glaring. And I think that's what we've seen in this series, and specifically last night, which is why the Warriors have their broomsticks ready to come out. And they're about to sweep the Dallas Mavericks. Unless, of course, Dallas Mavericks, these guys decide to show up for one game and show some pride and stuff like that. Which- well, they are who they are at this point. Um, once again, I've reiterated this many times. You know, I, I, if I had to guess, for the sake of keeping Luka, uh, so it doesn't look as bad, it wouldn't surprise me if they do manage to pull this off and, and give it one more game. A gentleman's sweep, because you can't have your best player, well, excuse me, you can't have your future face of the league getting swept. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't have that. Even even a lot of the NBA greats were never really swept, per se, um, early in their career. Lucas still, what is he, this is what, his fourth season? You know, Michael Jordan wasn't swept. He, I don't think he was ever swept. Um, a lot of his games back in the 80s went to, like, six. You know, against the Celtics and, and, and seven against or six also against the uh, Detroit Pistons. And so, yeah, you can't have them getting swept. I mean, that, that's not really good for business. So I think the Warriors could sweep them, but I think they're going to try to slow the game down and give Dallas a chance to, to at least stay in the game so it doesn't look as bad. So they can make Luka look good as if he's had like a valiant effort and that he can't do it on his own. So we'll see. Which I do not put past them. But this series is over, whether it's four or five, it's over. Yeah. I, I'm going to agree with Stephen A here. This is the version of the Warriors that I think we all expected. Mm-hmm. Going into this series, we thought they were the better team. They've shown that they're the better team. Well, according to Nick Wright, Nick Wright said that the, uh, that the Warriors couldn't handle Luka. He's, that's what he said. Nick Wright said that. And now they're doing a good job of containing him, but they don't need him. They don't need, they don't care. The rest of the team, Luke is scoring 40 points. The rest of the team is 0 for 10. Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, put up maybe 12. Jalen Brunson put up probably about, what, 17 or something like that? Like, or, or somewhere close to that? I mean, everybody else is just kind of bleh. So, of course, the Warriors were always going to be the better team. And I wished and I hoped, I was hoping that the Warriors were going to get the Suns. I, I, I like that matchup a lot better, to be honest. Because you can watch Chris Paul just give up. He fizzles out. This has revealed to me how much the Mavs need a rim protector. When they beat the Phoenix Suns in seven games, the Phoenix Suns are are a team that largely operates in the mid-range. They're bottom five in the league in free throw attempts, which means they're not getting to the basket. They're um, bottom five in the league in three-point attempts, which means they're not getting to the basket to create three-point opportunities like the Mavs do time and time again. Well, the Suns can also beat you in the paint, too, and they can also beat you with uh, with long-range twos. Um, they do a good job of facilitating with the basketball as well, and they play pretty good defense. So I wonder what's going to happen next season when if Aiton decides to stay or where he's going to go, uh, because I think he's he's a 
he's a fairly good rim protector, but um, the rest of that core, like Book, CP, you know, guys like that, I want to see what they're going to do in the offseason if they can add one. Well, if the Suns can add another rim protector, maybe add another score. To me, I think the Dallas Mavericks need to add somebody that can that can complement Luka, a big man that can complement him, um, because they're expecting him to do it all, you know. And for whatever reason, Dallas just doesn't seem like it's a great free agency spot. Right now, the Warriors are averaging 50 points a game in the paint. 50 points a game in the paint. That'd be the most in, in any series under Steve Kerr. Agreed. Because, they, I mean, they, they live and die by the three. But when you play a team like these guys, I mean, it's they're going to show the clip right here. Everybody, everybody's eating in the paint. Against the against the Mavericks, everybody's eating. Andrew Wiggins had twenty seven. I think he had twenty seven. He was like what twenty seven, uh, twenty seven six and like nine or some shit like that. Every and, and the thing is, Steph didn't even shoot well from three. I mean, he shot well from three as he always does, but he was killing him mostly with the long twos. Same thing with Clay Thompson. Everybody was eating. Everybody did. You know, not not just one player was averaging forty points. It was you know you had Luke, you had um, Steph with thirty one here. You had uh, Wiggins with 27 here, Clay with 19, Draymond with 13. Everybody was eating. Every, and so they, they, they understand the, the team concept of basketball. Not saying that the Mavs don't, but they just play a, a much better sound game that's smooth. Time and time again, Steph Curry breaking somebody down off the dribble, layup. Time and time again, somebody breaking down Luke off the dribble, layup. They need a rim protector. And and I don't know who the answer to that is. The other question that I have going forward about the Mavericks, if you decide to pay Jalen Brunson what he deserves, which is twenty plus million dollars a year. I agree. I think I think he's he's played well uh into his contract. I think that he twenty he you know, I think he'd be a fine piece. Um, you just got to allow him and Luca to gel more and grow together, and I, I think he'd be fine. On his new contract. If you decide to do that, you are by and large bringing back this same core group. And I don't know going forward if this group has the answer to that rim protector question. Well, I would say this to you. Not that they qualify in terms of what you're talking about as it pertains to rim protection. But the Phoenix Suns did go out and get Biombo and, you know, JaVale McGee. Yeah, and Bismarck Biombo's a pest, by the way. Like he, he's a pay, but he 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 bad about it. Like no limit, man. He's he's he about that action. Don't fuck with him. And so if you're the Dallas Mavericks, you need a a, a a sizable body, a tall body that obviously, like you said, can rim protect. I don't think that's that difficult to acquire if you're not requiring anything else from them. See, if you're looking at a guy like a Clint Capella and others, that's a different animal. Right. A Clint Capella, what, a Rudy Gobert, that's something a, like that. Yeah. When you get, yeah, yeah. When you get, well, uh, I think it'd be nice to see Rudy Gobert go to the Mavs. I think that, you know, him and Donovan Mitchell, you know, they, they play well together. But I think that, you know, Donovan wants more of a, a much more prominent spotlight role like a Luka, for sure. Um I think that'd be fine. Clint Capella, that'd be a good pickup. Even Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis would be a fine pickup, even though I know he's a he's a stretch four, I think. So I think that anybody could also play the five too. I think he'd be fine. I think they'd be great if they got if they managed to get him, but they're not gonna blow up that that Lakers team. They're not gonna do that. Give somebody like that who can do more than just rip protect. They can snatch fifteen rebounds a game. They can they can they can block three shots a game. They definitely are formidable consistently on the on, on the on the front court. We get that. That's a different level, and then you can't go out and find that. But can you go out and find a big active body that can give you some level of resistance at a cheap price? I think that's something that you can pull off if you're the Dallas Mavericks. I just don't. Well, the question is, who wants to go to Dallas? They don't have a good free agency like they don't have a good free agency track record. You know what I'm saying? They really don't. So, I mean, they picked up they got Porzingis, but I mean, he was traded there. So, who's really going to want to go there? You know, I mean, are they willing to play second fiddle to a Luka? I think Luka could be a good leader for the team, but you see, as you can see, you know, all these comparisons to LeBron James, not only in his playing style but also his attitude. You know, when he's down, he's down. And you can see it in his body language. You can see it in what he says, what he's mouthing to, to his teammates and to other people. You can see it. So, I mean, are they going to want to play behind a guy like that? It's a solid question. 
people think it's something you prioritize because you didn't recognize that it would be such a glaring weakness. For example, when you talk about the Golden State Warriors, yes, they shoot the ball, even though I think they can shoot the ball considerably better than they've been shooting over the last four or five games. They Well, they could, but I mean, they're, they're diversifying their offense and how they're attacking based off of whoever they're playing. They understand that Dallas isn't going to be able to hold them from within the paint. They know that they don't really have to out. You know, it's not going to be a shootout. So, you know, why not utilize the guys who can do well within the mid range, guys who can score within the paint, continue to use ball movement, confuse the shit out of all the everybody on defense. I think it works. I think it works out just fine. It can shoot the basketball. We know what they bring to the table. But as Barkley and Shaq and those guys astutely pointed out, on far too many occasions, we see people jacking up threes. These guys will take it to the basket. The Warriors will attack on the interior. They'll get to the hole, whether it's a Steph who's gotten to the hole now more than I've ever seen him before. We know Jordan Poole. Well, because Steph has managed to gain some weight, you can look at him. His, uh, <clears throat> his, muscle, his muscle mass has increased, and I think he's, he's noticed that he's had to do that because he's going to take a lot of punishment. Um, and a lot of his injuries that he sustained this season, or his injuries that he sustained sustained this season, had nothing to do with him going in the paint. It was just he has bad ankles. But he can take that punishment going in. Clay's able to go in. Draymond is someone who can get down and dirty in the paint. Uh, guys like a Kuminga, I mean, he can jump out the gym. Andrew Wiggins cannot run anybody on anybody on the opposite side. He can outrun them and get to the paint and score. So. Um, that's one of the things that I like about this Warriors team is they're not just a team that can jack up threes. You know, uh, a three is kind of sort of like their, you know, if you guys ever played Mario Kart, that's like their blue shell. You know, that, that's that's something that they don't they don't have to use, but when they use it, it's effective. Who can attack the basket? Even a Clay Thompson coming back from the two-year layoff, he's attacked the basket. And so you see the level. Basically, everybody's eating. Everybody's eating. And, of course, the emergence of Jordan Poole, I can't say... What a what a pleasant surprise that was. <laughs> what a pleasant surprise to see Jordan Poole step out. And I thought he was a player that was going to be somebody that, you know, would get, would get hot. But the fact that he's emerged into a, he's going to be a star in the next two years, maybe even year. He'll, he'll probably make an all-star team next season. And the fact that the Warriors have this depth now um, and that they don't need Steph on the floor 24-7 now. You know, you could you could rest Steph, or you could you know have Steph out there for twenty five minutes, and you could allow Poole to take over from that point. And their their death lineup is amazing, crazy lineup. Level of aggression that they have because you don't have anybody formidable waiting for you on the interior for the Dallas Mavericks. You can go out and get something, and actually something will be better than what they have because they have virtually nothing on the interior defense. What Dallas is going to need, they're going to need a rim protector, and they're going to need somebody else that could also score well. Maybe not score, but somebody that's willing to facilitate to Luca when he needs it. I don't think they really need another score because Luca wants to be that guy. You know, he's got that Kobe Bryant mentality, Mamba mentality, um, very LeBron esque. I think he's super talented, uh, but he's going to have to work on his leadership. And he's going to have to work on his body language when they're getting their asses whooped. So, that being said, tonight, I'm going to have to pick the Warriors to win tonight. Um, I think the Mavs, maybe they may get off hot, but regardless, you know, I think Gold State wins tonight. If not, they're going to win in five. So we'll see what happens. You know, there's an old saying that goes a little something like this. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. It's one of the oldest. It's, it's in the Bible, if you guys don't know. But it's the truth. Meaning, you know, how we know how unforgiving and how... Uh, how hot, how merciless this place called hell can be. The hell fires the pits. And that a woman who's scorned, hell doesn't compare to that. <laughs> it is so true. It is so true. So it says here in this article, uh, according to the Indy100.com, I found this article on uh, Twitter says here, a woman starts dating boyfriend's boss after he dumps her to focus on his career. Breakups can be tough, but one woman sought her own revenge by dating her ex's boss after he ended things with her. TikTok user Polina Nioli took to the platform telling fellow users 
He broke up with you to focus on his career, and now you're going to date an owner at the company he works at. The viral clip, which has garnered more than 1.2 million views, shows the 24-year-old, sorry, 25-year-old posing on the stairs with a black dress and, and pearl embellished heels. One TikToker said, I respect him for his decision, while another, unamused, wrote, how do people glorify this? I'm glad he moved on. Maybe he'll finally find somebody that is going to appreciate him. Um, says here, another one said, at least he's working. I see nothing wrong with people that aren't obliged to stay. He put himself first. Uh, and this is, uh, I, I'm going to be honest, man. Like women, women are <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think that like, here's the thing. When a man is broken up with, in my opinion, I, I could be wrong here. When a man is broken up with, if if he's a if he's really a man, if he's really a man that's a, a virtue of um of of substance, he's not going to willingly just go for his ex's friends. Like that's not that's not how it's going to go, you know. Or he's not going to try to date the the supervisor at her company. Most of the time, we we grieve, we wallow, we have to heal ourselves. You know, because it's not very often that as, as guys, even when I was heartbroken, I mean, I, we really didn't like sit down in a group and cuddle each other and console each other and eat ice cream. That's a, that, that's a luxury of what women get. And they're able to talk themselves into these um, philosophies and into these, you know, oh, fuck him, girl. And da 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 da. you know, we're not able to do that. So it's a woman will get you back. She'll get you back tenfold. I've seen it happen many, many times before, man. I've seen it happen. I got friends, <laughs> I got friends, man, who uh, you know they've they've broken up with the they've broken up with the girl, and uh, you know, of course there was some there was some underlying issues and stuff like that. But they've broken up with the girl, and the girl ends up dating one of their homeboys. I've seen it, man. I've seen it, bro. I've seen it. That happened uh, last year. I, I had a homeboy that. Um, that dated a girl and he wanted to, uh, I think he was going to, I think he's trying to get into medical school. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't think that this girl that was with him, you know, was going to be all for it. You know, she had alternative plans and stuff like that. And so he broke he broke up with her, but she ends up dating another, like she ended up dating a resident at his university or at, at this hospital. And, <laughs> So now he has to like that. That's supposed to be his colleague, and this is like his homeboy that he was studying with. So like he had been over to this guy's house, or he had been over to his house, and while his girlfriend was there, and he never really he never suspected that that was going to happen. So now it's like, like you know, what the fuck do I do now? So women would do that, man. Like that's <laughs> it's sad. It's sad but true, man. Women can get real petty. They can get real petty over some shit like that. So you got to be careful. Hopefully you're treating her right. But I have to ask, though, like, you know, for him to say he needs to focus on his career, you know, nine times out of out of ten. And I can say this or many men can agree with me. Um, if we're going through hard times, we, we want a woman that's going to be there for us. You know, we would want that. We want somebody that that wants to be there with us for the for the long haul, even through the uh, even through the hardships of, of life. You know, trying to study, you know, hours upon hours, 18 hours studying in the library. We come home or we get back to the crib or whatever, and she's got dinner ready and she's asking you how your day is. And she's, you know, cook, you know, giving you some ass, you know what I'm saying? To kind of sort of take you off, get your mind off that. That's the kind of stuff that we look for. You know, that I mean, I, I, in my opinion, so for him to break up with her says more about her than it does him. So she might have, might, she might not have been as, uh, as uh supportive to him um and it says here one tiktoker said yeah why is this a flex there's nothing wrong with that da, 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 da. um others claim that neoli's ex made the right decision by letting her go as she seemed only interested in a man with money so then she replies that she's a millionaire with 100 plus employees and she's not going to date anybody that's less than her so if you're going to date anybody like so why not find a celebrity why not find somebody else you got to go for this man's boss like you know, and of course, and as a bo- and here's the thing. I'm a believer in bro code. I'm a believer in bro code. Number one, I understand that there are hundreds upon hundreds of millions of women around the world. Now, within Kansas City, it's a little hard because, you know, you could date, unknowingly date somebody's ex from high school or whatever. It happens. 
But, you know, if I'm that's like if I'm working and I and I see my coworker, my coworker's dating somebody and I go for his girl, like that's no, that's gonna breed a lot of a lot of antipathy, that's gonna breed a lot of a sense of, you know, toxicity. You know, because now you guys are both you both have shared the same viscous innards. And I don't think that that's something that needs to be done. Um, But to get this one point four million Instagram. Oh, she has one point four million Instagram followers and two hundred sixty five thousand followers on TikTok. So, yeah, I I just mm, 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 mm. I couldn't do it, man. I could not do it. See, We wouldn't do that. I would I would never do that. But a woman will get your ass back. Then just recently. I know somebody, and I'm not gonna say their name. <laughs> I know somebody that uh, uh, that messed with uh, an ex. Well, she messed with the ex, like her ex, her and her ex broke up, right? They're they're done, and she managed to like. <laughs> and again, and she I love her to death. I love her to death. But she managed to infiltrate half his group, not half his group, but like a couple of his homeboys in his group. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So she's attacking and killing them from within. So I was like, that is some savage shit, man. But why? Because she she's mad that she got broken up with. And, you know, rather than just finding somebody, and she's a beautiful woman, super beautiful. But she's like, nah, I'm about to go for this motherfucker. <laughs> like, what? That is so disheartening. That is, every, listen, that is every man's worst nightmare. I don't care. Look, I don't care if you're red pill. I don't care if you identify, you know. If if a woman has your heart, okay, if a woman has your heart and she goes for a homeboy of yours and then on top of that, your homeboy falls for the bait. Oh, man. Oh, dude, that's worse. My heart would fall out of my ass, bro. (laughs) Okay, my heart would fall out of my ass if that happened. I'd be like, are you serious? Look. To each their own, okay. I, I and this is this is honestly why sometimes see in my group of friends, I know that we wouldn't do that to each other, okay. I w- we wouldn't do that to each other at all. Like there's, I, there's no doubt in my mind we have a lot of respect. And it's like, well, you never know. Trust me, I know, I know. We don't get we don't get down like that because we. You know, I'm not gonna choose like like if my if one of my homeboys girls broke up with him, right? They break up. And she's coming at me hard body talking about, you know, I've always liked you and da 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 da. Look, I got damn near five plus years, five years and up with a lot of my friends that I have now. And we've and over those five plus years, we've managed to make great memories. We've they've they know like and they know they know that I wouldn't do that to them. But we we made memories together. We've had great times together. We have grinded together. We and I'm not going to throw that away. For some chick that's a cast off, you know what I'm saying? For the sake of a piece of sugar walls. I'm not doing that. I'm not throwing my friendship away for some sugar walls. I don't care how bad she is. I'm I'm dead serious. And I'm talking about and, 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 and it, it even gets to a point where like, even like within my circle of friends, it even extends to my outer circle of friends. So that way, because you never know. You never know how that's gonna uh, affect the friendship down the road. So I won't even go, I don't even go after friends of friends, like girls like that. I really don't. Now, of course, if I don't know you, hey, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I didn't know that this was your ex. I had no idea. Not everybody's your friend. That's, that's, that's number one. And clearly in this case, you know, whenever stuff like that happens, these people, would, they were never your homeboys if they're messing around with one of your exes. They were never your homeboys. And the sad thing is, too, is that women know, man, they know how to dismantle. They know they know how to dismantle a man. They know it. They know how to ruin us from the inside out. Women are. Some of these women are Sith Lords, bro. <laughs> Star Wars reference. They are Sith Lords. They are fucking Sith Lords. They are. They are. What's that guy's name? Emperor Palpatine. These Palpatine ass women, bro. Not all of them. Not all. But some. You know, not all of them. I'm not saying all women are bad. I'm not, I, that's not what I'm saying. But damn, bro. Hell hath no fear like a woman scorned. These, I, look. You better make sure you got a solid group of friends, man. I would never mess with my homeboys' girls. And if they came at me, I'd be like, hey, get your girl. Hey, she, you know, so-and-so DM me. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it, man. I Family, I don't mess with family, you know, with, uh, with anybody in my family's girls. That, that's number one. Number two, I don't mess with my homeboys, girls. And yeah, because there's just so many other women and so many other people to go around. But a woman will target somebody that you know that's close to you. 
And that's scary, man. That's one of my worst. That's one of my worst fears is like finding out that like one of my homeboys or like that my homeboys is smashing a chick that I really cared about. Now, of course, if it's just a woman that's like a little jump off or something like that, man, then yeah, I would still have I'd still kind of raise an eyebrow. I'd be like, hmm, like, you know, why you got to do that for? But when it comes to a woman that that like that, I truly, truly like care about. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, like I'm a feel. I'm look. I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting her off. You know what I'm saying? And then from there, but it's always karma though. See, it's always karma because what if? Let's say, for instance, in this guy's case with the Russian influencer model, what if he gets fired? You know what I'm saying? But again, she's a millionaire, so maybe she doesn't need the money, quote unquote. But like, you know, he's trying to make that come up, and that's that mental. You gotta have that. You have to, you have, to have that strong mental of like, okay. Like, you know, she's with my boss now, you know, he's probably banging her over the over the desk. (laughs) You know, you got to be careful with that. You have to be careful with that. So, you know, kudos to him for making the right decision. Clearly, this woman wasn't for him. Uh, And I hope that, you know, with all the good women out there, I hope you don't follow suit. That's kind of messed up. You know how I know that these are the last days on Earth. Whenever I come across some bullshit articles like this, I found this a couple like months ago and I never really got a chance to go through with it just because I was kind of going through a lot. But it's here now. This is according to the Rolling Stone. <laughs> oh, bear with me, guys. It says here a TikToker made two hundred thousand dollars farting in jars. <laughs> oh, my God. Two hundred. There are people out here buying that. Dude, Why? Oh, oh man, this is stupid. Oh, oh my God. Okay, all right. Okay, so it says here, uh, <laughs> Stephanie Mato, a YouTube Mato, a YouTuber turned adult adult content creator who claims to have made upwards of two hundred thousand dollars selling her farts in jars. Perhaps best known for a one half of the TLC's reality TV show, Same Sex Couple in 2020, uh, Maddo went viral on TikTok in December by, by documenting her lucrative fart-selling business, garnering hundreds and thousands of followers in a day of the life of a fart jar girl. <laughs> Such as video showcasing her diet, lots of protein shakes, and cabbage stew. Oh! And cabbage stews. As an adult content creator who launched her own OnlyFans on Unfiltered, Mato receives dozens of requests for cut for custom content per day, ranging from photos of her uvula to vials of her own p- vials of her own poop. Yet she's been shocked at how high the demand for <laughs> jars of farts has been, as well as surprised by her client's site for purchasing her fart jars for a thousand dollars a pop. As a self as a self described fartpreneur, however, Maddo may have girl bossed a little too close for some. On Christmas, she went to the ER for what she describes as heart attack as symptoms, which doctors pretty diagnosed as gastric pain result as a result of her diet. <laughs> Look at this; she almost sent herself to the ER doing this shit, selling fart jar NFTs with a little little less than two hundred dollars. Oh my God, man! Reduce her sales of her physical fart jars following her ER visit. Oh my God! So can you tell me why you decided to? This is what somebody asked. So can you tell me why you decided to start selling farts in jars? For years now, I've been getting a lot of requests from guys that just want me to inhale my farts, <laughs> and I also thought it was kind of a joke. I never took it seriously. I thought that they were just blowing smoke up my ass. No pun intended. So I'd laugh it off and just let it go. But one day I was thinking in a different way of making money and boosting my income with my platform. So I decided to actually sell farts in jars as a joke. But then it actually started to sell and it kind of snowballed from that point on forward. I mean, it's just one one weird request I've gotten. I get weird, weird, weird ass requests all the time on the daily based off my platform. Uh, what are some of the requests? I had one guy who routinely asks me 
to make videos of me squishing my face, so there's that. There's one that has a uvula fetish, the little dangly thing in your throat. He pays me for pictures of my uvula. People have asked me for panties, bras, lingerie, toenail clippings, all sorts of stuff like that, but farts are a big fetish online. These sites have dedicated, have been dedicated to that specifically. So I always knew it was a thing. I just couldn't believe that people were actually wanting to smell my farts. I hate, oh my God, I fucking hate. I hate. <laughs> oh my God, man, I hate. I hate people, man. Oh, this is so sick. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. They're asking. Yeah, this is. Oh, this is kind of wild. How did you disc- How did you decide the price at a thousand dollars? So, like, like, there's people are selling. They're they're buying this. They're buying this material. A fart jar. Excuse me. <laughs> What does it smell like? (laughs) Every single batch I've done has been a little bit different. I think notably not my favorite, (laughs) but I got compliments on was one particular I did with mostly cheese. (laughs) This is for all you women out there that like that like uh, queso and margs. Yeah, this is for you guys. Oh, my God. Oh, look at this. <laughs> it says here, I actually have these fabric worn into flower petals that I ordered in bulk off Amazon. They're not real flower petals. They're completely scentless. I'll put a flower petal in my butt crack region and I'll fart on it directly. <laughs> so you do get that little bit of booty smell on it, which really lingers. Oh, my God. There are motherfuckers buying this, dude. This is so, oh, my God, I hate. Oh, and I'm stuck working a cubicle job right now. <laughs> She's making thousands of dollars. Oh, my God. Oh, man. And then it says here, so it does that for a really long time. Then I coke the jar and I wrap the jar in tape and put it inside a bubble wrap for a sealed package. It's it's transporting farts across the state lines illegal. Have you ever looked into this? Yes, I actually have looked into it. There are no laws of shipping air in air. (laughs) Oh, God, man. I hate... I hate people. I don't even want to read this shit no more. <laughs> no pun intended. <sighs> but yeah, this is this is where we're at now, guys. This is where we're at now. You got simps. That is simping. That is simping right there. That is talking about. Oh, that's simping. No, no, no. That this is simping. You're if you're buying. Oh my god. Oh, I'm sick to my stomach. Like, how how you guys do this? Like, why?